Gene needs a copy of continuing we'll on in the end time prophecies. All those people are still predicts for the last days. Easily tracked. And so we're going to get started tonight, but and they will not. Prayer first. Father, we ask you to, to guide us, show us, open our eyes, unless help us to see from your word what we need to see. It's not going to be tribulation. your word and not our from our ideas or our if thoughts. If you are not saved and go into the tribulation period, are looking at and the you word refuse of God, to thank you mark, and love you. Die. We ask it in Jesus' will name. Be martyred. Amen. There will be some of the Jews. Well, there in the notes you'll notice that because God will bring them I put Israel today. I send them map of Israel today, and then there's a last half on the, the right is the map of the land that was promised to Abraham. You see one Abraham. of the biggest down indicators there, there that we have. Some unlocated Jesus on the map Christ because I'm just exactly sure Israel. where those were, but you can see She's back those in the land. red lines she down to the fruitful. bottom and the red They're lines dwelling the safely, which they have to where be the division went for the end time events a lot of land. A lot more You're than what Israel is today. It's way very in Jordan, close. up there into Syria, coming and Lebanon, and, and it ought all to excite us as believers. Egypt. It ought to land that was cause us joy. Abraham. And when God and it also ought to motivate God us keeps his word. to witness. They will have that land one day. To tell others and not be backward. And so about like it. I put in the notes here, without a doubt, one of the clearest indications that we are in the last days and close to the rapture. Jesus Christ is, is that Israel soon. is back in so the land. There we need to be aware of the that fact God will restore them to their land. Soon we'll meet. And our that Lord. should be. I think I put Obadiah fourteen. What a joy this time there. That's going to be. When I must have fell One asleep thing, while I was bring working on my notes. About this it, it should be Amos nine. I spent a lot of time studying Amos nine. Fourteen a lot and of messages on this. Book of Amos, just before I've Obadiah. done prophecy conferences on it. Chapter it's nine, interesting to me that when you very clear look here, at, and I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel, are not and they shall build the waste cities in and inhabit them. This and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. Guess who pops they up? shall also make gardens and 13. eat the fruit of them. And Sheba, I will plant them upon their land. And they shall no more and be Dedan pulled up out of their land, which I have given Nations them. That won't join. Saith the, saith the Lord, thy and God. isn't that interesting? That no more Saudi Arabia, God promised to bring them back into the land, right and now. they would have it pushing hard forever to bring it about. If you notice, verse eleven makes it me. very clear the time factor that here. Verse Saudi eleven Arabia says, "In that day." Will I raise up the tabernacle of David? Verse 12 that says, is fallen and close up the breaches thereof. Take a prey to turn and I will, and will raise up his ruins, and I will build him these nations as in the days of old that are gathered out of the nations which have and gotten so cattle here that, that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba is referring to David. Can be traced the kingdom of David and Kuwait will and the merchants of Tarshish will see that more traced in other verses. And the young lions thereof, which can be traced to to Canada, Australia, and the U.S. Nations that are not the other verses that will show us that. And Let's go back to Ezekiel now. Ezekiel 36. It's just like the Bible is just verses 8 through 11. 
we are close. Ezekiel had a lot to say about this. So did Isaiah and Jeremiah. Right. Father, thank you for these few minutes to look at many of the minor prophets as well. You promised to bring Israel in back, and you put them back. 36. And they're still coming back. We could read the whole chapter, but looking at things verse 8 in the through verse 11, and Israel it says, But ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches, tell us, and all yield your fruit to my people Israel, and you'll for they are at hand to come. You'll give them Behold, I am for you, and they and will, I will turn unto you there forever. And ye shall be tilled and sown a new heaven, a new earth, and I will multiply men upon you all the house of Israel. Notice all the house of Israel. Even all of it, God emphasizes that. And the cities shall be inhabited, and the waste shall be built. And I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bring fruit, and I will settle you after your old estate and will do better unto you than at your beginnings, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So the desolate land will be tilled and sown, and all of the house of Israel will be there. Now, if you have looked at any pictures of Israel back before they came back to the land, started coming back and rebuilding the land. It was nothing but desolate, desolate. It was swamps and there were hardly any trees and it was just a desolate land. God said he would make it desolate because he scattered them to the ends of the earth because of their sin. But God said he would restore them back to the land and it would be fruitful and it would be tilled and sown, and that's what they did. They started cleaning things up, tilling it, sowing it. If you look at those pictures, you see the desolation. If you look at the pictures of Israel today, it's blossoming. It's, it's, it looks fruitful, green fields and, and trees and forests, and it's just all come back. Just like God said he would bring it back, and if you look in verses 21 to 24, he said, But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel. You know, there are some people who say today, these, these people that believe that the church has replaced Israel, they say that Israel is so pagan today and they are so wicked. How can God, how can God bless them? Well, because God made a promise that he would bring them back and that he would cleanse them, as we'll see in some of the verses. He would cleanse them and he would restore them and he would cause them to turn back to him. He doesn't do it for their sakes. O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen. Makes that very clear. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. 
for I will take you from among the heathen. The heathen is meaning the nations that, the, the Gentile nations, and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. God made that very clear, that he would bring them in, but he wouldn't bring them in for their sakes because they wouldn't really deserve it. He did it for what? God will not do this for their sakes, but for his name's sake. Verse 25 there on down as we read the rest of this chapter, verse 25 to 36 says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. So it's very clear that when he brings them back, they will be wicked and filthy. And that's what they are today. And many, many of the Jews. And they, many of them don't even believe in God. Don't believe the Bible. And he says, I, and verse 26, a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. And I will give you an heart of flesh and will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in, in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and ye shall be my people and I will be your God. So he's going to give them that land that he promised to Abraham. And Joshua, you remember when he went into the land, he, he took the land, but he didn't take all. They didn't recover all that they were supposed to. And verse 29, I will also save you from all your uncleannesses, and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. It was said at one time that California was the breadbasket of the world. California is in a mess today, uh, and it's all begin because of their, their political dealings. They have destroyed the state, and the people are leaving California and going to other states, but they take their philosophy with them, and they're beginning to destroy some of those states. But now Israel is becoming the breadbasket of the world. And then shall you remember your own evil ways, verse 31, and your doings that were not good, and shall load yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Oh, that's what they say. These people say the church has replaced Israel, which it hasn't, as you'll see as we get through this lesson. They say that Israel is abominable. Some of the things they're doing, Tel Aviv being the homosexual capital of the world, so, so to speak. Not for your sakes do I this. Verse 32, saith the Lord God, be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God in, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, and we know from studying other pro prophecies that that's going to be at the end of the tribulation period 
when the Lord returns, seven years after the rapture, when he will cleanse them. Thus saith the Lord, in that day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the waste shall be builded, the waste from the destruction of the tribulation period. In the tribulation period, every building will fall flat, every mountain, it's, it's going to be total devastation upon the earth. And so in the millennial reign, they're going to rebuild. And the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. And that's Israel today. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that that was desolate, I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord, God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock, as the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. God's made it very clear that he is going to put them back in the land and once they're back he will give them a new heart and cleanse them but there is the tribulation period that they have to go through Ezekiel 37 verses 18 to 20 you could read that whole chapter again it has to do with them coming back but in verses 18 to 23, it says, And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not show us what thou meanest by these? Say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his fellows, and will put them with him, even the stick of Judah, and make them one stick. They shall be one in my hand. You remember when they left, there was the uh, ten tribes and the two tribes, Judah and, and Benjamin was one, and the rest of the other tribes, the ten tribes, was the kingdom of Israel. It was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel when they went into captivity. And they went into captivity at separate times. But now, he says, when they come back, it's not going to be that way. Notice what it says. It says in verse 20, And the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. That's what they are today, one nation. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more, neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them, so shall they be my people, and I will be their God. So they will come back 
when they come back, they will be one nation. Well, they are today, one nation. In 1948, they became a nation again after 2,000 years. And that, God said in the last days, he would bring them back. It's very clear in the scriptures. And the story of how the Zionist movement came about and the working for to get Israel back in the land and have their own land goes back to Theodore Herzl. Theodore Herzl was a journalist. He was a playwright, writer, political activist. And he was at the trial of Alfred Dreyfus. There's different ideas about whether Dreyfus was guilty or not guilty. They accused him of espionage, of spying for the Germans. And so he was tried, and while he was being tried, Theodore Herzl heard him cry out because Alfred Dreyfus was a Jew, death to the Jews, death to the Jews. And he knew that, boy, he was, Theodore Herzl was a Jew also. So that began to work on his heart to start the Zionist movement. And he had the first Zionist Congress in, in Basel, Switzerland. Some say Basel, Switzerland in 1897. In that meeting, they established a flag, the, the Israeli flag, the land bank to where they could start investing to pay to buy. Israel did not take the land, by the way. They paid exorbitant prices to come back to the land. And to the, if you listen to the critics, they'll try to say that, and the Arabs and the Palestinians, they'll try to say that they took the land. Well, they didn't. They bought it, paid big prices to come back to the land. And they started coming back at that First Zionist Congress and after that was established. Theodore Herzl said this, quote, he said, at, at Basel, I founded the Jewish state. If I said this, this out loud today, I would be answered by universal laughter. If not in five years, certainly in 50 years, everyone will know it. Well, on May the 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation again. That was 50 years and eight months after he made that statement. And since the late 1800s, they have been consistently coming back to the land. They're still coming back today. And after 2,000 years of being out of existence, they're back in the land. They're speaking the language they did, they had back then, Hebrew. And they are using the same currencies. That's unheard of for that to happen for a nation that's going out of existence. Usually they never come back. And they went through all of the pogroms and the Holocaust and Balfour Declaration of 1917, November 2nd, 1917, established in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. So that all has happened since 1948. They've been 
very much coming back. It started in the late 1800s, but in 1948, they've been really coming back, still coming back today, going back to Israel. And they are going to continue to be blessed because God promised it. That's it, period. Not because of them, because God promised it. Think about yourself, your salvation. Is it because of you? No, it's because God promised it, because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We don't deserve it. We were sinners, still are sinners, but the Lord loved us, gave himself for us. And he promised us eternal life because of our faith in Christ. And he will keep it. Just like he promised those who in, in Israel, promised Abraham, promised the children of Israel, I will put you back in the land. And God will keep his promise. Verses 24 here, when you look at it in chapter 37, it says, And David my servant shall be king over them. This is going to be in the millennial reign. And they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein. Even they and their children and their children's children, how long? Forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set, them, set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. Boy, it makes it very clear. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people and the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. How can you say the church will replace Israel when you have that clear of scripture? Somebody isn't reading their Bible. Somebody's trying to take it allegorical and not take it literally. David will be their king forever there in the notes God will make a covenant of peace with them and dwell with them now we don't have time to look at all these references there's almost a hundred of them here last time when I was reading through Isaiah Jeremiah and all the prophets I marked down all the verses that talked about the restoration of Israel and there they are and you can see them if you get time, you can look them up and read some of them, and they're all referring to the restoration of Israel. Now, I didn't do that on up when the Old Testament, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and also all through there, you know, those early up, I haven't done it yet. But there are many more in those books as well that God promises to restore Israel. But here from Isaiah on to the end of the Old Testament, look at all the references. How can you say that God is done with Israel? 
when there are more than a hundred altogether, there's around a hundred passages that say that God will restore Israel to their land in this this section right here. But if you take the rest of the Bible, there's more than a hundred references. God says it that many times, you better listen because he is going to bring Israel back. Now in Ezekiel 38 and 39, tells us that Israel will be attacked in the last days. There is debate among Bible teachers just when this will happen. We know that it has to happen when Israel, according to chapter 38 and verse 14, when Israel is dwelling safely, which they are today, and which they will be in the first half of the tribulation period when the Antichrist makes a covenant with them a covenant of peace according to Daniel chapter 9. We know that according to Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 to 27, number 7 there in the notes, Israel must go through the tribulation period. The tribulation period has to do with Israel, not with the church. The church is taken out. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. The church is gone doesn't appear in the, in the chapters 6 through 19 or, uh, until they come back with Christ in chapter 19. It's not there. The tribulation period deals with the Jews, and God is revealing to them their true Messiah. And many of them will reject, but the Bible tells us one-third of them will be saved, will turn to Christ. God will protect them in the last half of the tribulation period. But the Bible tells us there in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, tells us there that there will be a peace agreement that will be made and with Israel. So many Bible teachers believe that this battle that takes place in Ezekiel 38 Verse 1, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against them. There are different views of what Meshach and Tubal is referring to. Some try to make them refer to Moscow and Tobolsk, but they more fit with into Turkey and Syria northern Iran and Central Asia and the southern part of the former Soviet Union. And so many Bible teachers believe that Russia will head this up because of, of the words that are used here, which we won't really get into tonight, but, but some think that it's headed up by Russia, but it certainly has the, the lands that are against Israel and we read on, and it talks about Gog, the chief prince, and Meshach, and Tubal. In verse 4, And I will turn thee back, and put hooks into thy jaws, and will bring thee forth, and all the, thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shield, all of them handling swords. Persia, which is Iran, Ethiopia was the old Cush, and Libya, with them all, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer, 
Some think Gomer is Germany. Others refer to Gomer as being one of the part of Turkey. And we, you know, there's debate. The, the house of Togarma in, Tur in Turkey of the south quarters and all his bands and many people. There's debate over these, but when you see what is here, they're the countries that are against Israel. And the Bible teaches that they are going to move against Israel. It seems probably it could be before the rapture. It could be after the rapture, and it has to be before the middle of the tribulation period because Israel will not be dwelling peacefully and safely the second half of the tribulation period. The Antichrist is going to go after them, Revelation chapter 13, and try to destroy them. So the fact of the matter is, is that whenever it happens, we're seeing the makings of that today. Israel, Iran is really getting ready to move and her allies against Israel. And if Israel does go up there to stop them, Biden's been helping them to, helping Iran to continue to develop nuclear power, by the way. And if Israel does go up there to try to stop them from that, there is going to be war. And the Bible predicts a war in this last time. Now, here has just come out in Prophecy News Watch. It says here, and I wish I had time to read all this, but I don't. I'll read you portions of it. Will a peace covenant soon be announced that will permanently alter world history in a major way? For months, Israel and Saudi Arabia have been quietly negotiating a deal that would normalize relations between the two nations. But they aren't the only parties involved. Israel and Saudi Arabia both want formal security agreements with the United States as part of any agreement. In other words, if either of those two nations get attacked, the U.S. military would be required to intervene. The Saudis also want to develop a nuclear power program, and they want U.S. assistance with that. But the biggest barrier to, the, to a deal was always going to be the Palestinians. The Saudis are insisting that any agreement must include major concessions from both the U.S. and the Israelis. And the Palestinians are publicly making it known that they will not accept any outcome that does not involve formal U.S. recognition of Palestinian statehood at the United Nations. At one time, such a demand would have killed negotiations, but apparently the Biden administration is very open to making such a move. So much would, could change during the course of negotiations, and there is still a long way to go. And if an agreement can be reached, it probably will not happen until 2024 at the earliest, but you can be sure President Biden would love to promote himself as the man who brought peace to the Middle East. And there's a lot more in this article, but I'll read on down here. Will Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu be willing to give up the territory that the Palestinians are asking for? And will Biden, the, the Biden administration shock the world 
by formally recognizing a Palestinian state at the United Nations. If those two things actually happen, it will have enormous implications for all of us. On down it says, for example, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, these, these leaders all seem very optimistic that they're going to get this done. He says, recently told Fox News that an agreement is getting closer with each passing day. And his Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman said that this country was moving closer each day toward reaching a normalization deal with Israel the first time he has publicly acknowledged the process. Every day, this is a quote, every day we get closer. That's a quote. To reaching an agreement, the 38-year-old heir to the Saudi throne told Fox News in an interview that aired Wednesday, it seems it's for the first, this is a quote, it seems for the first time a real one serious. We're going to see how it goes, end quote. On down it says here, of course, there are many in Netanyahu's coalition that would not welcome such an agreement, especially if it means giving up land in the West Bank. And that's what they're talking about doing right now, giving some of that to the Palestinians. But would their minds change if the agreement also made it possible to start rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem? This has been a dream of Jewish religious leaders for decades, and so making their dream a reality may be enough to get them to agree to a deal that formally divides the West Bank. If the temple is to be rebuilt, the Jewish government will inevitably be heavily involved, and we know that government agencies were already involved in transporting five red heifers to Israel from the state of Texas. According to Jerusalem Focus, nonprofit Ur Amin, the Israeli government authorities helped the Temple Mount activist group, the Temple Institute, and Bona Israel, an evangelical organization, import five cows from the United States last year to be used for the red heifer sacrifice. The Ministry of Agriculture allegedly assisted by bypassing standard regulations in order to import the live cows from the U.S., which is prohibited. In a press release, Bona Israel and the Temple Institute claimed they received permission to import the cows through the Ministry of Agriculture. On down it says, all seems pretty determined. All sides seem pretty determined to make an agreement happen. And once it, it is signed, our world will never be the same again. They're talking about that. If you know your Bible, you know that agreement is going to work when the Antichrist comes on the scene, and that's after the rapture. The signs we're seeing with Israel make it very clear, and Israel being back in the land make it very clear that we are close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, very close. He could come at any time because the world is set. The Antichrist has everything he needs. Did you get the text on your phone today, the emergency text? You should have because it went to every phone. If you didn't get it, it was there, but you just missed it. 
It went to every phone, every cell phone in our country. Got that. The government is prepared to track you. And when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he'll use that. And when he, 